All right, welcome to episode four of the One Night Podcast. I'm Tirso Cruz, and I got my co-host here with me. Introduce yourself, gentlemen. Hello, my name is Frank. I'm going to go by my handle. How about that? Hey. Hey, like let's it. go. Frank Diluted. <laughs> That's what I go by as my publishing name on the website. So um, go ahead, Ralph. And I am a adultish Ralphino. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, a flip on uh, Childish Gambino. But, you know, yeah, people well, people will get it. It used to be Sir Raphael Drake until they just kept associating me with uh, Drake. And mm. I was like, I don't really care for for Drake the Rapper. It was mostly an Uncharted reference. But, uh, you know, people were idiots. So. Yeah. I, I, I remember that on, like, PSN. We used to play. Everybody thought you yeah, were everybody a, big, thought I was a, a Drake stan. Was, yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> That might Not be the case. All. You don't have to be shy, bro. You could embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> we we want to. I love Degrassi. That's it. I, that's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so we... you don't like Drake, but you love Degrassi. <laughs> all right. Oh, go ahead, Frank. You... All right. So we wanted to get a little bit of a structure going on. So we're gonna introduce topics at the at the top of the podcast, and go off that. So, this week, uh, Joe Rogan insults gamers. Uh, Ralph is insulted. Because <laughs> he insults neckbeards. Uh, as soon as this news happened... Calling started... me a neckbeard? Bitch. <laughs> yeah, he, Joe Rogan trended on Twitter over his comments about gamers. Uh, we also want to go over general updates and articles on our website. Uh, Tirso interviewed George Sears. Uh, who is the creator a, of an indie game, Rouse Adventure. Uh, we also want to go over the NBA, uh, the NBA restart. We had a couple of big games, Lakers versus the Clippers. Mm. Uh, well, we got you guys done. are probably excited about the outcome of that. <laughs> Ooh, let's uh, talk about it. <laughs> LA Comic Con uh, seems to have started. They might, do, they might start back up um, December 11th through 13th, but we'll go over that. Tirso spin-off show, Ignite, where, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, boxing news, Tirso yeah. has a bunch of boxing news he wants to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could talk about Watchmen, it, it's leading the Emmy nominations with 26, we could revisit Watchmen and Ooh. talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I've been kind of wanting to rewatch Watchmen, because I feel like there's a lot of things that happen, it's like, you kind of want to put the, put the puzzles, uh, put the pieces of the puzzle together. We wanted to cover competition and raging in video games. Oh, is, yeah. uh, is a topic Tirso recommended. And you wanted to go over Riot News announcing back-to-back championships in China, right? Yes, that just recently got announced, and I thought it'd be a interesting point of conversation. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So we can start off with Joe Rogan in the beginning of the week insulting gamers and saying, and I'm paraphrasing here. He says, you don't get anywhere playing video games. And that set off this shitstorm yeah. online where everybody, <laughs> yeah, everybody... You, you lazy <laughs> nerds. Well, why, don't, why don't you become jujitsu masters and make a living off of that, you lazy nerds? I know. and yeah, <laughs> It's so easy. It's Yeah, it's interesting because I feel he comes from a point of ignorance. Like He's yeah. completely ignoring all these avenues gamers are making money out yeah. of. It's so, huge. Like it's a huge, it's a huge market. 
uh it's i feel and it's what's weird about it like his opinion is that he's had a game developer on his show before and he's admittedly like played video games himself he's like oh yeah i play quake 4 and blah 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 like i love that game so much that's kind of contradicting what he said in the past and then like kind of promoting video games at the same time like oh check out check out doom and then in another video he had he was like look at the graphics for for ps5 wow it's amazing what they're doing these days so i feel like sometimes like he kind of like panders to the guests that he has at that moment whatever they're saying he kind of just rides along with it so i don't know i didn't get i didn't get too offended by it because it kind of he's had the opposite perspective on it but i feel like he hasn't been enlightened enough into what the video game market is able to do right now what like people streaming on twitch like he i feel like he needs to have a guest on the show that can kind of open his eyes more to like how much money streamers are making how much money professional gamers are making in league of legends counter-strike uh super smash brothers like there's so much it's not just oh you're playing video games and wasting time (laughs) yeah exactly it's um it's like he's complete i it basically comes down to the person i think too yeah because as much as he he is an advocate for marijuana you could say the same thing about marijuana you know it leads it leads to you know laziness you could say that but obviously it it just comes down to the person if a person's like really lazy to begin with mm-hmm. and you give them video games or you give them weed they're they're just going to latch on to that or some other unproductive hobby yeah hey, what do you think ralph um, I think at uh, wait a minute. I I actually remember you saying something about this even before this Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's what you, I was gonna get you, into. You used to that, say that was, that's, that's what, what I was gonna get into right before you interrupt. Uh, <laughs> the uh, well, I think at uh, at all. At all uh, well, wait, I'm, before I'm, that, let me interrupt you again. You, <laughs> you and I. This is a direct quote from Ralph. He said that when he has a son. He's not gonna let him play video games at all. He's not gonna let him touch it. Wow. So you you obviously must agree with Joe Rogan a little bit. There's uh, I think there's there's been a point where I'm pretty sure we've all felt a certain uh, way about video games to to a certain extent. I love him. No, I know. Uh, I don't know if Terso has felt ever felt that way about you know feeling. Sort of, sort of unproductive, unproductive due to, due to uh, just constant video game, uh, just pretty much just playing video games and have, has, has come, come to a point of exhaustion where you're like, you know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I think I could take a break from them. See, but I don't understand why people fixate on video games. That's just like one hobby. How about just watching TV or movies? Yeah. You could you can lay around and be lazy just watching movies and TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, like like you said, uh, it's uh, well, no, like uh, like Rogan said, he uh, he compared it to a drunk and a bar. Like he's like a drunk. Video games are like a, a bar. Like he has a room set up, cool video game set up room, uh, and and he's like a drunk. If if he would uh, ever go in there he'd just pretty much be in there for hours and feel unproductive so i get that where he's coming from but uh yeah like you said if it's if the person doesn't have that discipline to you know moderate their their video game intake and i feel that that comes across uh through 
about anything, like any any addiction. Like any addiction could uh, become a uh, could, could go uh, be very yeah. You can't control it. And I feel I feel productive people will eventually get to a point of say they have this love for video games and they want to play them they eventually get to this point of hey i'm being unproductive i've spent yeah. way too much time on this video game i need to do something else yeah. i'm pretty sure that's been a case with you too right terso yeah like everything's good in moderation you have to yeah. know your limits um like you could literally apply that to anything i feel like video games is just such like an easy scapegoat like it's always been it's always been a talking point in the media and us growing up like oh if you're playing video games you're being lazy why don't you go outside but people don't realize that video games that could trigger your imagination doing that see exploring these different worlds that somebody else created might let's say you're playing the that new samurai game what's it called a uh, ghost of tsushima yeah let's say you're playing that game and you're seeing like samurais and stuff that might make you interested in learning about like japanese culture or something and make you want to pursue like more education in in history and that it's it's not so limited it's not just oh you're sitting there being unproductive it's something that's triggering triggering your thoughts it could open open your your horizons to be open to to different things yeah and i want to get to people actually creating careers from yeah. their interest in video games like exactly uh, all these announcing gigs these commentating gigs even pro gaming how many how much money do these people that play league of legends make i mean they make, they make in the millions i think right the the top players are definitely in the millions so <laughs> i mean they're they're they have like a crazy schedule they're playing like 12 hours a day they have maybe like one day off during the week they're Oof. they're so North American League of Legends players, you're practicing throughout the whole week. You have a little bit of off time. You're reviewing videos of scrimmages. You're uh, scouting the other teams. Then on the weekends, you're competing in the in your matches against two two other teams. But the average salary, I believe that they announced for this past year was like a hundred thousand was like the lowest, or maybe okay, so it might have been even more than that. So I might have overshot it a bit there, but. No, but that's uh, that's the lowest. That's 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 oh. that's just like a regular player, like not a known player. The top players are definitely in the millions. And we're not counting the sponsorship deals. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're getting paid millions to laugh out loud. Come on. What? That was a dad joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I know Ninja. Ninja from Twitch fame is, and Fortnite fame is now. He's on the cover, I think, of Hollywood Magazine. I know he's on the cover, and he's looking into, I think, TV shows and movies. Oh, that's what he's saying. Maybe he's using that as leverage. What's that? Right? Wants to hit it big in Hollywood. Maybe, yeah. So that, that's also not mentioning that a lot of these people who play video games, who are the creative types, they get inspired by these, and they end up making artworks, they end up drawing, yeah. and they make a career out of that, too. Yeah, it's not. they're not just in the playing like playing the video game the entire time it opens their their opportunities to more than just that they could go into like commentating or, or like whatever there, there's just so so many more things that they can do and then just like the platform that they have with playing the video game 
they get so many sponsors like just by how just streaming their game they throw a sponsor on there's the sponsors getting money they're getting donations from the people viewing like there's so much opportunity there so just to like cut it down and like say oh no like video games just make you lazy it's just it's so real so close-minded and what was really interesting is that when he tweeted that rick fox replied he's like hey i want to like talk to you about this because rick fox who's former former laker player uh nba champion his son got into league of legends his son was watching it and that's kind of like a father-son thing where he he saw his son watching it and he's like hey let me let me check check out what's going on here and he started his own team like rick fox actually had a team in uh north american league of legends echo fox yeah he had echo fox um so and he he saw like how big of an opportunity it is like how much how much of a market uh there is in esports and competitive gaming so it would be interesting i would really like to see that conversation because rick fox would have a lot of insight since he actually has hands-on experience there's also all these jobs that get created from gaming yeah uh, managing coaching analysts even on the business side of it yeah so it's it was very short-sighted and ignorant of him to say to say those things i could see where uh, also video games could help with uh to soothe depression, depression and, and uh, things of that nature. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've all fell down and uh, we've always had our video game consoles to count on. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, yeah, it is. It's basically the most of, one of the most affordable or yeah means of therapy, forms of treatment. Yeah, it's like a little form of treatment, a little escapism. Yeah, and I know, I know, uh, Animal Crossing. That's what it does. That's kind of what it does for me. Yeah, I, I need to get back into it. I think that's a little nice topic. So what game like helps helps alleviate these feelings of depression or anger with you? Like what game is your game, your selection, I guess? Uh, I just play League Obviously of Legends. Obviously not League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, probably Animal Crossing. Or I've been playing Tetris a lot lately. Tetris. Yeah, Tetris yeah. 99 on the Switch. Have you played it? Yeah. I could play the regular Tetris to relax, but the Battle Royale mode, where you play a hundred people at the same time, yeah. that, that's a little bit more, it gets my competitive juices going. <laughs> so that, I wouldn't, it brings out the worst in me too. <laughs> I, start, I start raging. Yeah. And, and I start, I think once it gets like really competitive, that's when I don't relax. And I think this is a good segue into our next topic, which would be competition and raging in video games. What did you want to say about that, Tirso? Uh, how much how much can you guys like how much can you guys deal with when somebody is like raging like what's what's your what's your limit so with me it comes down to like I have to get into the mindset okay I'm gonna play this hyper competitive game I'm gonna play ranked mode and if I know I'm going into that I'm gonna. I, I can. I can get people raging, and I can. My threshold is pretty high, but I have to be in that mindset. Okay, I'm gonna play this search and destroy Call of Duty game, and we're trying to up the rank or we're ranked Overwatch, whatever. 
And I can, if someone rages at me for like messing up, I can understand where he's coming from because I messed up because I might do the same to them. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I have a pretty high threshold when it comes to that. But if I'm just playing like a casual game, if I'm going into like a regular public lobby and playing, I don't want to rage. I just mm. want to have fun. So if yeah. someone's raging at me, I'm going to go back at them or just mute everybody. You know? Yeah, that's usually the solution is just mute everyone and just focus on like what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um it, it depends. If if what they have is like constructive and like it's like, oh shoot, like I really did mess up on this one thing, then yeah, I am like, alright, let me get it together. But I feel like um sometimes like just casual players aren't really like receptive to any like criticism. Like they just mm-hmm. wanna kinda like any little thing, like you just want to put the other person on blast. Like how how could you how could you talk this way? And I think, at, like at the root, a lot of players are just competitive. Like people just want to win. Yes, I agree. But it could also come down to each player individually and what their goals are. Because if one player one player goes try hard, hey, no matter what, I want to I want to climb the rankings. I want to I'm super hyper competitive. The other person doesn't care as much. Yeah. He's maybe just playing ranked but he's taking it very casually he's gonna take all that he's gonna take the criticism he's just gonna brush it off yeah and he's just gonna go on about like oh no like forget you (laughs) you you try hard you sweat you sweaty mofo like get off my back what do you think about that mindset though that that kind of like frustrates me like especially with league of legends i'm playing ranked and i'm like other people will be like oh you're a try hard like yeah we're trying hard we're trying to win <laughs> yeah i mean if you're playing ranked that's yeah. the goal right yeah yeah what do you think ralph what, what do you think about when people start like getting the juices flowing and like do you uh, well, are you, you know, somebody to fight back or for, for those that don't know me i uh, i have mamba mentality 24 7 when it comes to video games i do not mess really? around yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I obviously won't go off on somebody if they're. The only thing that will set me off is if they find, if the opposing team finds a way to hack the game, and they're, they have infinite ammo or infinite bombs. Okay, okay, okay. But that, like that. I think that's very rare. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, uh, I've experienced it uh, quite a bit. Uh, okay. When it comes to uh, playing in The Last of Us. Uh, multiplayer. Is that the one that you played a lot? Or was it Uncharted? Uh, I, I played both of those games uh, a good amount. But the multiplayer, wasn't there one that you like played like... Uh, the Last of Us. Oh. The first Last of Us. Uh, not the current one. Not the current one I have. <laughs> Part 2, I still still in its box. Still in its original wrap. Limited edition. If anybody uh, has... Still, uh, still shining. <laughs> If anybody has an extra spare TV that they want to yeah. send our way, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Sony. Uh, want to send over you know, your most expensive TV. Yeah. Hook it up, Sony. Um, I, but when it comes back to the competitive aspect of gaming, I think you have to find a group that sort of meshes with your personality. Yeah. For sure. And you have to have, yeah, it meshes with your personality because you guys have to be comfortable with each other, com- comfortable giving each other criticism. Hey, man, you missed this shot. You could have been, you know, watching our flanks, yada, yada, yada. And you can't get butthurt over that. You yeah. Know? So I think finding a group that 
you blend with that you really you know that that helps with all the uh, with all the stress in competitive gaming I wonder how I would have meshed into your guys' uh, Apex Legends group. Uh, I know it's a three-party yeah, three system. That was, I feel, more casual. Yeah, like, we I wanted, I wanted to win, but it wasn't like we were in hardcore. We, each time we would die, we would like crack jokes and laugh about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was that was more loose. It wasn't yeah, like... loosey-goosey. Yeah. Loosey-goosey. It looked fun. <laughs> I would have gotten my anxiety would have hit a thousand percent once the circle started closing in. Uh. In ranked mode, once you would get to the bottom five, though, my like my adrenaline would start going. Yeah, your heartbeat going a mile a minute. Yeah. You're like Triple H, just. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Time to play the game. Evil moment 37. <laughs> yeah. Do you enjoy it though? Like, is there a part of you like when you're in that mode, like, oh, like, do you get a a weird satisfaction from it? As 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 corny as this might sound to some of you that don't game uh, that hardcore, it, it is. It is a it's a rush. Yeah. You know, it is a rush. <laughs> like, it, it's uh, getting down to the nitty gritty, being the. It's almost like playing sports. It's, it's yeah. orgasm. Okay, I wouldn't yeah. go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't go that that's, far. That's, that's <laughs> right, guys? That's what it's all about? It, no. it feels... <laughs> it feels... If I could compare it to sports, like saying you make a game-winning shot, or yeah. some, it's akin to that. It's very similar to that. Like, that's how it right. feels. And that's what a lot of people miss, is that you, you don't know that you're able to get that same rush that you get in traditional sports in a video game. Like, that's where the perception kind of gets gets mixed up and people are just like oh they're just on their computer and like a bunch of yeah. nerds what are you doing but in reality it's like there's such tense moments that are happening it's just the in that moment you're just like ah you ready to to like pop off yeah yeah i think especially in a game like league of legends it, you have to do a lot of research you have to you have to get uh your technical keyboard skills down your actions per minute so once you've mastered all these skills and they translate to this yeah. great victory like it, it is a huge rush yeah like to give people perspective how much work goes because I, I follow league of legends a lot so how much work goes into it you have analysts that are scouting like the other teams like seeing what 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 does the other team play so this this game has over like 140 different characters that you can play there's three lanes there's uh, a jungle um so there is just so many variables so you have to figure out like what the other team's strategy is and then at the same time you're figuring out what your players are good at you have somebody that's a positional coach that shows you how like how you should be moving in the game you have somebody that's in charge of banning characters because there's like a banning phase you're like taking characters away and then aside from that you have your objectives in the game like okay at five minutes we're gonna go here at 10 minutes we're gonna go here at like 20 minutes we're gonna do this if this happens we're gonna do this like there's just so many different aspects to it and it's different every time and you're just even after you play a game you're analyzing like what happened there there's just like there's so many things going on that it's not just straight playing a game it's it's like a whole whole world like behind it yeah yeah well said 
Um, we can. Is that all you want? Yeah, to I think I think we're good. We could go on to the next. Um, would you guys like to share a moment that you would recall saying you felt such a rush? If you could remember any moment uh, in your video game careers, uh, where you. I, I have one. I have this. This is this is one that's sort of seared into my memory, and it's a game hardly anybody played. I don't know if you guys remember this game. I think it was on the PS3. It was called Mag. Do you got? Do you remember it? Mag. No. Massive. Uh, something. Something. Well, it was this game where, and back in. Uh, what did Mag stand for though? I I forgot. It doesn't matter. It was a first-person shooter multiplayer game, and it was a 128-player game at the same time on console, and. One of the objectives was to take whatever payload and bring it back to whatever the objective is, right? Um, capture the flag, think capture the flag. And there's, so it's 64 people against 64 people. And I remember time was running out. It was, there was like four minutes left and I got to that payload in a truck and I had to take it to, I had to take it to the objective, which was like really far across the map with 64 players trying to get at you. All of them shooting <laughs> rockets and there's mines, they're, they're sending the airstrikes at you. And I'm thinking if I mess up a turn or if I crash, then the game is over because of me. Like this 20 minute game, this 30 minute game mode, I'm gonna let down all these 64 people in my team because I made a wrong turn. So that was, uh, eventually I got, I got to the payload like with five seconds remaining and we won the game because of that. And that was like one Dang. memory that's like seared into my head. <laughs> it was like I clutched it out. Mama mentality, as you say. It was, it was orgasmic. I guess it was uh, orgasmic. Yeah, you whatever. want to use orgasmic? <laughs> You're really adamant about that. Right, guys? That's how orgasmic. That actually triggered a memory for me. I remember back in Halo 2 um, online, they used to have clan matches. So you had your clan, like your whole squad or whatever. They had, um, it was... Uh, big team battle mode so it was like eight on eight <laughs> this guy on our team so uh i think the game mode was like uh you had to plant the bomb you, you plant the bomb and then it has to be there then it explodes and you win um but one of the guys on our team his strategy was to get the bomb and just hide somewhere because it wouldn't time out like it wouldn't time out until you drop the bomb and then nobody's around it then it'll go to the next round so his strategy was I'm gonna freaking I'm gonna grab the bomb, I'm gonna hide behind a box, and we're just gonna wait for the other team just to leave the game. <laughs> so we literally waited. He was like, Alright guys, just like just keep them distracted. I'm gonna be hiding over here. We waited for literally like fifty minutes oh <laughs> with the other team never they never quit. Like uh -huh. we were just killing each other the whole time. This dude's just standing behind a box and then eventually they freaking found him. And then they killed him, and we lost the round, and we're going on to the next round. And everybody on our team was just pissed. Everybody, you just see everybody just start leaving the game, like on our team. Wow, but that's that's sort of like the opposite. Of yeah, the no, yeah, I know. That, but anticlimactic. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was, I was asking for a good. No, but I just wanted, a good outcome. I wanted to share that because it was hilarious. We were like, all right, yeah. dude, like if if you think this is gonna work, like we'll do it. And then I just remember, like, the moment they found him, they were all just like, oh, god damn it. Like, <laughs> like we wasted almost an hour doing that, and we didn't even win. Uh, pretty funny. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a memory? Uh, there's a... Uh, yes, I do have a memory. <laughs> I could remember stuff. Uh, I have a... 
Every time you play a fighting game and it comes down to... Well, I wouldn't necessarily... Put it on again, too, so I'm not done with you. I wouldn't necessarily play a fighting game. It's mostly third-person shooter games, which is my 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 forte. I would... The last thing I remember doing that was... I guess... Orgasmic or whatever. Uh, was, uh, Ralph's, Ralph's it's weird on me. <laughs> the, um, this, uh, one match I was, uh, playing, uh, The Last of Us, and, uh, this was at the, uh, Bus Depot map. And, uh, for some reason, uh, my team just decided to leave, like, within two minutes of the game, leaving me to fend for myself, me versus four other players. Uh, and somehow I got the win. Somehow. Nice. Well, uh, to be honest, it's uh, I never felt a rush like that before in my life because you have three, uh, being four different uh, players coming from every single direction, every which way. And uh, the thing about uh, The Last of Us is they uh, they made it pretty uh, hard to camp. So yeah, I remember. You have to you have to definitely have 360 vision and not just that but just have uh good spatial awareness yeah spatial awareness uh split second decision decision making decision making uh yeah and uh and yeah somehow uh came up with the win with uh with only one one ticket left on the uh to myself while the other players had like 15. oh i thought that was uh all right. One of the greatest comebacks. Are, are, you, are you exaggerating? No, this, no I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so you, you, had, you had one ticket left. Yeah. So I, I think a good comparison would be Battlefield Bad Company 2 or similar games where you have tickets, and if you waste all the tickets, then the game is over. Yeah. yeah. So you only had one ticket, and the yeah. other team had 15. Yeah. yeah. Mine, okay. mine uh, not even counting the current ones they had, so technically like 19. Okay, I believe. Okay. All right, Mamba, Mamba mentality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mama mentality. Um, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt because yeah. that's like okay, maybe, really... maybe I embellished it a little. It was it was ten tickets. Ten tickets. That's still a lot. Yeah. And that well, game, you know, the time to the time to kill in that game is pretty low. It takes like three, four bullets to down you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's just the down you. You still have to get the execution yeah. down. All right. Yeah, somehow um, I came uh, came out the winner and uh, yeah, I felt great. All right. Like, yeah, I drank a lot of Mountain to do that day. <laughs> yeah. I was all yeah. jacked up on that Baja. Code red. Code, I repeat, code red. <laughs> he, had, he had the perfect mixture of Doritos and Baja <laughs> Blast Mountain Dew. Uh, the, only, the, soda, the only soda I will not drink. The perfect amount of Dorito dust on his fingers when he got that last kill. <laughs> The stars all aligned perfectly. Yeah, the stars are aligned. Well, good job, Ralph. That's an right. incredible achievement. Beautiful. <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's all go right, to so the... We could, uh, we could move on to little housekeeping, I guess, and talking about our website. Uh, we published a couple of articles. Uh, Terso interviewed George Sears creator of Ralph's Adventure, which is an indie dungeon game, similar to Zelda's... Yeah, Legend of uh, Zelda. Wild? No, no, the original no, Zelda. No, it's like an 8-bit style. 
Yeah, so, uh, so how was your experiencing interviewing George Sears and can you talk about how the game is and if you recommend it? Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I um I went on Twitter, I searched uh, like for indie game developers and I found his and I I liked how the the character looked, like the whole eight bit style. Um, I feel like that's not as as common. Like I feel like it's just a really small group that still still do that and like to do it effectively is pretty cool. But um, he, I think he said he works on the game like twelve hours a day or something Actually, like I that. Read that. Yeah, I read that. Um, but yeah, I downloaded it. It's it's available on Windows and it's smooth. Like the the menu as soon as it comes up, like you just you go straight into it. it it's it's a game that's really easy to pick up and play. Like you're um, you're hitting the the enemies. They they drop hearts. Similar to Legend of Zelda, there's a little bit of like puzzles in there. You have a bat. Uh, you pick up a baseball. You use the baseball to to throw at like switches on the wall to get to the next area. And then you have like a little boss battle at the end and then uh that's the end of the demo but yeah it was pretty 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 good game it was it was really really fluid he said that uh in the interview he said his plan is to hopefully have it on steam and then eventually nintendo switch and i could like yeah. that's totally a game i could see on on the switch um but yeah what, it was, what, it was cool. what was the name of the protagonist ralph oh all oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the title r-a-l-f yeah yeah so if you guys want to check it out, go ahead and check it out. Uh, it's an over-the-top, pixel-style, very similar look to Zelda. Um, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, the gameplay was very similar to Zelda, so if you've played Zelda, you'll you'll enjoy it. Um, what I like, too, is that it wasn't too hard, because like, that genre of games has always been really like yeah. difficult. So this one was like easy. You just, you know, when you're when you're getting hit it's just your own fault it's not the game just beating up on you that's what i liked about it it was it wasn't too difficult but i'm kind of curious to see if like when the full game comes out if it is going to get to that to that level of difficulty so how can we find this game again um on the website i included in the interview i included the link so you could go to ok1night.com you'll find uh, his interview there george sears uh in the, the actual article i included uh his twitter handle so you could check out uh like what he's up to the progress of the game and then i also included uh the link to where you can download the game for free and it's really it's a quick download uh you open it the game just starts right away there's uh, awesome. options so it, it's it's really really fluid i, it was, I was i was surprised and was, sounds good sounds good that's one of the things we want to do here on the yeah, website too. Exactly. We want to sh- we want to shine a shine a light on these indie developers yeah. or people on the come up. Yeah, I, I feel like all a lot of the other like major like Sony, uh, Nintendo, which we do we do cover too. But I feel like that already has enough enough yeah. like traction, like enough of enough momentum. It, it's interesting to see somebody like this, like indie developers, to see we'll see where they're at now from when we first initially did the interview and then we'll see like when the game releases like we'll be able to see that growth and it'll be interesting to see how how they develop but yeah if anybody is interested and wants to get uh more exposure uh they where we don't charge anything uh you could just send us your stuff and then we'll we'll post it we'll check it out if it's cool we'll post it yeah and on on that topic we can talk about Terso's new spin-off podcast show. The spin-off. Ignite. It's called, it's called Ignite. And 
this the past week, you. Oh. <laughs> you got all I right. <laughs> now I got it. I was like, what is IG night? Ignite. Light in a fire. I don't get it. It's what is it? Instagram. Uh, so this past week, this past week you interviewed your, uh, the creator of So Fucking Legit, this clothing company, streetwear company, uh, and it's uh, an old friend of yours you used to know, Joshua Rico, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so we went, we went to high school together, I've known him since 2004, uh, and then he's, for the past few years, like he mentioned in our interview, uh, that he's been pushing his uh, clothing label. Uh, it's it, it's it's a it was a really good interview. It was interesting to see like his his aspect his his perspective. Um, he was mentioning how it, a lot of his focus is not all about the money. Like he he just wants to create a really good quality product that his customers when they purchase from him will see it and really appreciate like the the amount of effort that goes into it. And a lot of his like design style comes from his own personal experiences, things he's seen. And just putting his own his own twist on it so uh yeah definitely check that out the whole purpose of the interview series is going to be um to give a platform to to people like him um different people just with the message with something to to promote um i also did another one with my cousin which will probably i'll probably be releasing sometime this week um that one's going to be more like a, a spiritual kind of um, connection that you'll be able to to listen to so it's going to be an ongoing thing uh that too if you have if you have anything that you're looking to promote um any movement i am definitely open to to doing an interview it's really really easy um we're doing it like remotely so it doesn't have to be uh, in person so it can be arranged pretty easily so if, if you if you're somebody that has some something that you want to share you want to like get your voice out there we're we're definitely uh we definitely have that platform um and it's gonna it's gonna keep growing right now we're kind of at the beginnings even with this podcast and then with the interviews it's just gonna keep on growing so uh yeah yeah we want to encourage like all sorts of media all sorts of artists like i think that's an awesome idea like we're pivoting into shining a light on these like smaller developers smaller artists exactly that's something cool we can uh, digital art, yeah. traditional art, whatever. If you guys want to go ahead and get featured on it, just go ahead and email us. Uh, give us a shout out, and we could do that. We could get in touch with you guys. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Um, yeah, so it's Terso started. He didn't even tell us about this. <laughs> Did it, Loki? I'm like off on his own. It's like sp- <laughs> like spinoff, like Joey from Friends doing his own thing. Cool. <laughs> Ralph's like, I hate it. <laughs> He's like, why didn't you interview me? <laughs> I should have been uh, the first one. I mean, I really don't, don't have a, not much going on right now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what, how, uh, uh, you know, the adventures of this Ralph uh, turn out. <laughs> Are you saying you want your own spinoff? No, uh, no, I was just referencing the game. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I like that. All right, so uh, next topic. We wrote about this past week, we wrote about LA Comic Con, and this is something I wanted to ask you guys. So in our current climate, they're going to try to have a, uh, the Comic Con. It's going to be the only Comic Con um, available this, I mean, this summer. Usually we have San Diego Comic Con, uh, Anime Expo, and all those are canceled because of COVID. So 
they're going to take steps to try and make it more safe, which includes uh, using more space in the convention center, um, decreasing the amount of tickets they're going to sell, and enforcing the six-foot rule when it comes to, you know, spacing. Um, would you guys feel comfortable going, or would it, would it, does it feel dangerous to go in this social climate? Uh, I would say it's still uh, a bit too soon to take any... This isn't be... Oh, by the way, the dates are December 11th through 13th, so... Oh. How do you guys feel about that? Currently, things are looking pretty grim, so... With no, uh... No end in sight. Hopefully I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, people, we're start wearing your masks. I don't know what else to tell you. It's as simple as, uh, it's not infringing on anybody's right to wear a mask. It's, it's very simple. It's, uh, you won't get carbon monoxide poisoned by your own, uh, breath. It's, uh, there's no excuse, people. I, I'm very curious about how the turnout's gonna be because I, these, the Cosplay community community is very it's very hardcore. They always want to get out there They always yeah. want to show their cosplay um, When it comes to me, I'm not into that stuff as much But I want to get like certain comic book creators autographs and get you know get yeah. Get exclusive merch. So I'm gonna see how things how the cases look mm -hmm. But right now I'm leaning towards I want to go but uh, what do you think? I, yeah, I think it depends on how things are at that time hopefully it isn't as bad as it is now um but i think most establishments have been pretty good about complying with like the regulations due to covid so i would expect that they would have it under control i wouldn't i wouldn't imagine that people are just going to be all huddled around each other like there's going to be like a whole group of uh cosplayers that are dressed up like the x-men and <laughs> You know, just running around. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be fine. I don't think it's something to really um, get up in arms about. As long as they, they do meet all the requirements, um, hopefully things are less less intense at that point. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll have it under control. Okay. All right. Are cosplayers uh, try to find a way to incorporate a mask into your uh, yeah, cosplay? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure people are going to do that. They're gonna get creative with that. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of like creative stuff that they're gonna come up with. I'm sure there's gonna be somebody yeah. like cosplaying as the virus or something, and yeah. maybe somebody else is a Ghostbuster sucking up the virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty and good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we could also feature cosplayers. I know you really wanted to do that. And yeah. We talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Maybe that could be your spinoff show, featuring cosplayers. Uh, I guess. Yeah, sure. Honestly, that would be pretty interesting because I feel like that's another thing that people really like don't know about. Like you see people dressed up in cosplay, but you don't know about like how much work they put into like actually creating their outfits and stuff. So I think that'd be pretty interesting to to learn more about. Yeah. So Ralph gets to it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So this this last week the NBA restart was was uh, started and the first game well one of the first the first premier game was the Lakers versus the Clippers how do you guys feel about yeah mm -hmm. how did you guys feel about the, were you guys able to catch the game did you guys what do you guys feel about it I was working I didn't get to watch it but I, I saw the little highlights, the highlights. of how, how it ended yeah uh, we I got the TV, w. so I have to get my uh, updates to <laughs> Twitter so 
Yeah, yeah. but you still watch like the highlights, the clips. Yeah. Way to go, LeBron. You sure? No. Shook. And no, Anthony Anthony Davis looked amazing. There was at one point where he just made like uh, like four three pointers in a row. Like I didn't even know he could shoot three pointers that well. Me either. <laughs> yeah. And I, I I think that's what that little run they went on. I I think we the Clippers didn't recover from that. And I mean the Lakers looked amazing. LeBron's defense on Kawhi Ooh. when he had to shut him down in, in the clutch. When he got like his own putback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was Ooh. that was so bad by the Clippers. Like, someone should have boxed him out. Yeah. The Clippers are just like ball watching. I guess like, that was so dumb. That shouldn't be happening. <laughs> that that shouldn't. Be, yeah. Um, but LeBron looked amazing. LeBron, he had. I, I feel with the more complete team he has, he doesn't. He doesn't feel the need to have to score. Like he's unselfish enough where he doesn't have to get 30 points and fill up the stat sheet. He can, yeah. He can get like 15 points as long as he gets his assist, gets everybody involved. He can. Fo- he now has that energy to focus on defense in the clutch. Yeah, exactly. Like all that responsibility isn't falling on his shoulders. Kind of like how it was for Kobe back in the day. Is like, who who else can he go to? But good for LeBron that he has like Anthony Davis just. Put the yeah, game in his yeah. hands. Yeah, like he, like I want to give props to LeBron. I mean, even with Paul George, at time Paul George was on fire this game too. He he shot very efficiently, but he stopped him. Like when he had to stop him, LeBron was there. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, year seventeen for LeBron, and he's uh, he's never looked better. Yeah, looking good. Looking good. Right. What would you think about like their crowd? How 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 it was set up? <laughs> I think it looks cool. It's better than nothing. Yeah, you know? I've I've been hearing a lot of people kind of complaining, like, "Oh, it's too weird." Nah. Go, uh, explain it for the people that maybe haven't seen it. Um, I, I I'm not too sure about how the the facility is set up, but it's kind of just like kind of like a gym, no? And they're kind of closed off, and they just have like the officials and yeah. the actual players there, but no no actual crowd of people yeah but the crowd they've set up like these tvs oh yeah in, so you can in get the reactions. Seats. and i think i don't know how it works but i think they're in zoom calls and then they're it's like a almost like live feed i don't think it's live feed they need to get checked out first because then you would see some crazy yeah, some crazy, yeah. <laughs> it's a little risky someone would get a little too excited <laughs> yeah, a little too frisky there check out it, my tattoo <laughs> That would be that would that wouldn't even be like so bad. Like, if, if you guys know Omegle, it would get that bad. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think um, yeah, I think it's good. I, I think when it comes down to it, we watch sports to see the competition. It uh, it is nice to see like the fans in an arena, but ultimately, we're watching the competition. I think about like boxing. Am I watching a boxing fight to see to see all the crowd the crowd that's there to see all the celebrities? Like, no, I'm seeing. I want to see two elite fighters go at it. I will say though, the crowd does make certain events way yeah. bigger, way more exciting. Yeah, it adds more to the atmosphere. But ultimately, like you could still just appreciate the the competition. But yeah. with this, this way, we get to hear the uh, the punches connecting uh, even yeah. harder when it comes yeah. to UFC events, boxing matches. Oof. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, so you wanted to you wanted to talk about the upcoming boxing matchups that we have? 
Yeah, so pretty much all promotions. Um, so with boxing, there's a lot of different different promotions. You have uh, ESPN Top Rank. You have DAZN. Uh, that's where Canelo and Triple G, Anthony Joshua fight. ESPN Top Rank, that's like Lomachenko, Terrence Crawford, uh, Teofimo Lopez. Uh, and then you have Showtime. That was where Floyd Mayweather kind of ended his career at and where Canelo had fought previously. Um, but now you on Showtime, it's mainly like uh, the Charlo brothers, these two twin brothers that fight at like super welterweight, middleweight. Um, and then you have Leo Santa Cruz, uh, Gervonta Tank Davis uh, with Showtime. So all these promotions have re- recently announced like really big fights. And it's, it's going to so be they, good. They finally... They finally come to the realization that they're just gonna have to give, uh, give up that live gate income. I think so. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Uh, like the details of the whole, like um, promotion aspect as far as like what they make, but I think they're just trying to make the best fights possible, and maybe they're looking to generate revenue from subscriptions more because they announce Showtime pretty much announced like all their fights for like the rest of the year. And oh. there's there's some pretty good fights. We have um, the one that I'm most looking forward to is uh, Leo Santa Cruz versus Tank Davis. And then for context, um, Tank Davis is a uh, Floyd Mayweather's fighter. He's under his promotion. Uh, he has 22 wins and 21 knockouts. He fights at like uh, I believe lightweight, but he has like crazy power. If you look at him, he's kind of like a little mini Mike Tyson in a way. Um, and Leo Santa Cruz is somebody who's fought at lower weights. He's coming from like bantam weight. He started his his career really at a really low weight, and now he's gonna move up in weight to fight Tank Davis to try to win a title in the fifth division, which has never been done by a Mexican fighter. So he started off as a bantam weight, and what is he now? He is, <clears throat> I think, featherweight. He's at like one twenty six is where oh, he usually so fights. So it wasn't that big of a jump. But now I think they're going to be fighting at 135. Okay. But okay. if you see Leo Santa Cruz, he's really like, he's tall and like really lanky, and yeah. he doesn't really knock people out. He's a really good boxer. Like he's a really active boxer. He he throws a lot of punches, so he's just scoring oh, volume. The, yeah, he has a high volume. Like he, you see his punch rate, and it's it's crazy. But he doesn't knock people out. Tank Davis knocks people out. So and Tank Davis is naturally built like he's built stockier so it's going to be a, a really good matchup to see them to go at it see how because a lot of people criticized leo because he he's kind of taken a lot of he's he's fought a lot of journeymen he's had really like high profile fights but throughout his career people asked like why aren't you fighting like lomachenko why aren't you fighting Gar- gary russell jr nobody um, wants to fight lomachenko yeah. right <laughs> well teofimo lopez wants to fight lomachenko they're talking about making that fight happen that's that that'll be huge right so so have these promotions um come to again have come to the realization that hey we're gonna have to up our game here yeah sort of have halted their politicking and they're giving us exactly i think that's what it is i think they realize you know what like we have to make the biggest fights happen now and because i honestly wouldn't expect leo santa cruz to fight tank davis um if you just see like stylistically it leo's at a disadvantage and historically we haven't we haven't seen like the smaller fighter be able to move up and like dominate 
the naturally bigger fighter like we've seen mikey garcia fight errol spence he just got outboxed the whole fight and this is a situation where leo's really putting himself at risk to to get knocked out but that's what makes it so interesting to to see so that's that's going to be happening um i believe october the other huge fight that they announced was the charlo brothers so for context they fight around like similar weight as canelo so they're kind of they're they're two twin brothers um they've always called out like canelo and triple g they're trying to get to that that status so this next fight that they have um let me let me pull up their names here because their names are they have really similar names it's jermel and jermal so it's like jermel and jermal yeah it's really it's really easy to get them uh mixed up um so let me see here jermal is going to be fighting uh dervanchenko i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing his name right dervanchenko is a person who last fought triple g and who a lot of people thought beat triple g oh it was like it was such a close fight um that was like the most vulnerable i've seen triple g look like it was it was really it really came into question like i think starting to show his age yeah his age was showing and you just that was like the first time like aside from the last canelo fight canelo triple g2 that was the first time you really see triple g look like vulnerable and it's like whoa so he he's a really good fighter so that's gonna be a good fight um Jermall is is undefeated. Uh, I believe he's a champion at, at middleweight. So, knowing the the competition that they've had, seeing that that's going to be a really good fight. And it's a double header. It's going to be a pay per view. So he's going to be the main event, and then his brother is going to be the co main event. Um, and his brother is going to be fighting. Um, what is his first name? His last name is uh, Rosario. Um, but pretty much. It's kind of like a rock, paper, scissors effect. The person that Rosario beat kind of beat the top guy in the weight division in his previous fight. So you're you're seeing like the, the top fighters in the division go at it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And has um has Errol Spence I hope I'm getting the name. They confirmed that see. Has he fought since his accident? No, but they confirmed his next fight. He's gonna fight Danny Garcia. Do you think his accident is going to affect him in any way? Do you think that's taken anything from his elite level? I think it's definitely possible. Um, we'll just can have you, to wait and see. Can you tell the people if they're not they're unfamiliar with his accident? Yeah, so um, I don't know. I think he was out partying. Um, he was drinking and driving. Uh, I think, yeah. <laughs> He hit like uh, the median in the the middle of the the road, and his car flipped over. Yep. His car just flipped over a bunch of times, and he flew out of his car, and he had a bunch of no like, seatbelt. Yeah, no seatbelt either. But a lot of people are wondering if that might have saved his life. Like this, this looked like <laughs> a fatal. Well, from the way that he landed from being ejected, uh, I don't know if if he was still on the car. Like, who knows? Um, but yeah, it was it was a really really bad accident. Um, I, I saw his photo his his photos afterward because he he was booked afterwards, right? Yeah, there was a mugshot. Yeah, he looked beaten up. He looked like he had been in a boxing yeah. match afterwards. So it's curious to see how he's gonna perform. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what a lot of people are speculating about. Like, is he still gonna be that same guy? Is he still gonna be in like prime condition? 
and Danny Garcia is going to be a really good test for him. Danny Garcia has fought all the top welterweights. He's fought Keith Thurman. All his fights have been close. He fought Keith Thurman. He fought uh, Sean Porter. Um, it was uh, somebody else that he's fought to. Pretty much, he, he's in that discussion for top five welterweights. So it's gonna, that's going to be a really good fight. That's already confirmed uh, between between those two. And then, um, yeah, I think though those those are going to be the main ones. The other big fight that we're waiting on is uh, Teofimo Lopez and Lomachenko. And Teofimo is some, somebody who's a young rising star, and he's been knocking out everybody in his division. Well, except for his second to the last fight, but he's been knocking people out. Like he he looks he's strong, and Lomachenko is somebody who's gotten knocked down before. So if they make that fight happen, it's going to be a good a good. Um, a good fight to see the better like the better boxer like the better boxer against the better puncher okay. all right uh and other boxing news uh there's some rumors out there of lil wayne and eminem performing at the roy jones jr and mike tyson exhibition Ooh. yeah it's 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 heavy rumors but it's leaning towards this is this might be true they should so, yeah that would be cool yeah. What song, what song would you guys want them to, to perform? Uh, what song? What song would you like them to perform? Probably No Love. No Love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have two songs. They have they have No Love and Drop the World. Take the rim, trap and on head. But it digging that bad, so I guess it's fuck what they say. Yeah, something like All right. that. Alright. So moving on. Uh... <laughs> This past week, the Emmy nominations were announced, and mm. I think to the surprise of no one, Watchmen received 26 Emmy nominations. 26? Leading, 26, leading, the, leading everybody, leading everybody else. Um, I think the other nominees were Ozark, uh, and I can't remember the other ones off the top of my head, but I, I, I mostly present this one because uh, I know we both of, both of us, me and Terso, loved Watchmen. Yeah. He recommended it to me. And obviously, we, I love the motion comic. It's one of my favorites. And this HBO show like, hit a grand slam. Yeah, it was and it's really very, good. It's very poignant uh, with the topics, with the social climate of today. The police brutality, exactly. racism, and all that. It's very poignant. So what do, what do you think, Terso? I think it's well-deserved that they got all those nominations. I, how, yeah. how is there 26? <laughs> That's a yeah, lot. That's a lot of categories. There's, there's yeah, uh, a lot of them probably like sound, costume oh, yeah. design, main actors, leading <laughs> supporting actors, actresses, and yeah. all that. Yeah, I I know twenty six. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no that that show is like really high quality. I think um, the person who made it, uh, what's his name, Damon Lindelof, yes. and he yes. did uh, Lost, and I think he did uh, Leftovers or something like that on HBO two or. Six, succession some something like some other really like highly rated shows but yeah that show is definitely um definitely holds a lot of relevance to everything that's going on uh with police brutality um and it, i was like fact checking myself because you kind of made me doubt myself but yes it is 26 nominations dang <laughs> they only end up uh winning one <laughs> no they're gonna, no, they're gonna taking a bunch of them and bring it home but yeah if you haven't seen it and what surprised me about that show like it had such a good um like it had such a good presentation i'm surprised more people didn't watch it like i look at people I and know, like me, immediate like friends and nobody really 
talked about it yeah. i never see anybody post it on like instagram twitter or, like nobody really talked about it but i yeah. think maybe well, with the nominations now it did trend on twitter a little the, the first episode trended on twitter because a lot of people were looking up if the bombing of black wall street was if it actually did happen in real life then it did <laughs> yeah some of the historical facts that they presented the show i was like whoa like this really happened <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's very disturbing. Yeah, and it's crazy that it was something like so intense, and a lot of us didn't even know about it. Like, how how is this not not discussed in American history? Like, we know a lot about like civil rights movement, a lot about slavery, but we didn't hear too much about this whole situation that happened. So it definitely makes you go back and look look into that to to learn more. Yeah, but. Even aside from that, if aside from the politics, I'm not sure if the the politics in the show is, might turn a lot of people off. Besides that, it's an amazing show. It's yeah. a sci-fi story. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of like Game of Thrones where everybody's making their own moves. Everybody's yeah planning and yeah, nothing yeah, set in stone. Nothing is set in stone. Yeah, there's there's a lot of shocks and turns, and I guess I don't want to spoil it for anybody. If, somebody who's interested in watching it i'd say the the biggest thing that you have to overcome if you're going to watch the show um is like the graphicness of it kind of game of thrones-esque with like nudity things like that it could kind of be like whoa (laughs) wasn't expecting to see this but there's definitely a, a lot of like artistic value to the show um, and a lot of things may not make sense early, but you just kind of have to be patient yeah, with always, it. It, it, yeah. it. It ends up, like, turning into a It always comes full thing. circle. Yeah, it, could, it does definitely come full circle. It might at first seem like, I don't know what's going on, but it's only one season, so it's really easy just to sit down and binge watch. And, yeah, yeah, and if you're a fan, if you're a fan of the original motion comic, it's a great continuation of it. It, it has its own sauce on the source material. Yeah. Like, they use all the same... They use most of the same characters, but they do their own thing with them. Lindelof does his own thing with them. Yeah. It's, it's not a direct sequel, but he just makes it enough, so it's it's interesting on its own. It stands on its own. Yeah, exactly. And that, that that's what really made me interested in wanting to read the comic. Like, when I started watching the show, I read the comic, I was like, oh, shoot. Like, they use a lot of that, but it, it does have its own flavor to it. Yeah, so One Night recommends Watchmen HBO. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and watch Two it. Two thumbs up. Ralph, <laughs> you haven't watched it, huh? Uh, what's up? You haven't watched the show, Watchmen? Uh, I don't have a TV, so... Oh, yeah. Yes. I cannot yes. watch anything. You can watch it on your phone? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm watching uh, mostly Disney Plus uh, movies. Uh, you know, just catching up. Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, we talked about that last week. Yeah. No, wait, I don't think we went into it. Oh, yeah, you guys can talk about it if you want. We are Frank, what you think about it? I haven't seen it. It will never back it's, down. Uh, for those that don't know, Hamilton is uh, the story of uh, Alexander Hamilton, uh, obviously. One of the founding fathers of this one of the, uh, the first uh, country treasure uh, secretary secretary of the treasury I believe uh, he's on the ten dollar bill and uh, yeah that's all I got from the musical oh, to get that constitution <laughs> it was, uh, 
It was a really good. Uh, it was a really good musical number. Uh, it was uh, basically a, a mix of uh, hip hop and uh, just just the whole. They they wrapped the whole musical, and I have. I think that's the first musical that's. It's ever done that, right? Just used rap uh, to rap uh, a musical, basically. Yeah, the whole thing was straight hip hop and R and B. It was cool. Like you're you're taking something that happened in history and you're modernizing it, and now it has like a, a whole new image. That's what I, I really liked about it. Um, if if you watch it, you kind of do have to. I, I would say you have to be open minded to hip hop a little bit because there is a, a lot of a lot of rapping, a lot of bars, but the amount of like the amount of work that they put into it, it really it really shows. Um, I really, as a, like a music person, I really appreciated the ability to like the the flows that they made for the songs, and then the actual lyrics are storytelling, and it sounds good. Like everything just sounds really good. So, okay, so I def- is it like uh, is it very uh, factual? Yeah. Uh, is it? Oh, it's actually okay. like the I, I believe like a lot of it is actual things that happen i have to look more into it but i mean the general message of it is what happened to hamilton alexander hamilton is this uh is this a musical like anybody from all walks of life would enjoy no i don't think so <laughs> it, it, no no honestly because you you have to like be cool with hip-hop if you're if, oh, if you don't like hip-hop you're probably because they, oh. they they get straight to it like they get just straight to the rapping it's two hours and 40 minutes of rapping yeah oh, okay they're um when they're like making like the the constitution they're kind of like having a rap battle like oh. there's things that they present like one person's doing one thing they're, they're beatboxing it's just it's really hip-hop so if you don't like hip-hop you you're gonna you might be turned off because i've recommended it to people and then they're just like ah too much rapping but mm. if okay. if you enjoy hip-hop you'll like it all righty then so back to gaming news. Tersa, you wanted to touch on the right news and them announcing a back-to-back championship in China. Yeah, I wanted to get your uh, guys' opinion. So their original plan for so basically, uh, League of Legends, Riot Games, they have a world championship every year. Uh, every year, it's hosted in a different country. It's yeah. it's huge. When it's been here, um, it's been here twice, I believe. Well, actually, maybe like three times, but it's been at the Staples Center. When they had it at Korea, they had it in like a soccer stadium where they hosted the Olympics. So it's it's on a huge scale. Their original plan for this year, um, they're going to go through different cities of China, different arenas, and then eventually end up, I can't remember, one of the major cities, but it was going to be big. Like they had really huge plans for it. But now that's kind of getting limited to them just being in one city, one arena for this year, and they have to comply with everything like COVID related. So it's not going to be what they wanted it to be. So with that, they decided next year too, they're going to have it again in China. So what do you think about that? Do you think? Oh, so is this an issue because I guess it's unfair to the teams that aren't from China because of the home court advantage? Is that, a, is that an issue? Is that something being brought up? Not not so much an issue of home court advantage. Um, that's Everybody just shows up to play. I think maybe more from a fan's perspective. Um, like, mm. let's say you, ha- oh. you have the Olympics and you, you want to go, you wanna go okay. visit. Like, you 
a lot of people look forward to, oh, hey, maybe now it's going to be in North America. Well, maybe now it's going to be in Europe. You know, the fact that it's back to back in China. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not ideal because there's other countries that are handling COVID-19 better. I mean, there's New Zealand and Australia just off the top of my head that have lower numbers. So, yeah, it's a little unfair to the fans. Yeah. Um and I understand like their perspective. They want they want to still be able to put on that grand like scale like uh, competition that they had planned for this year. So I I see why they're they're doing it again. But and they announced they they confirmed that for twenty twenty two they're gonna have it in North America. So I guess that's kind of trying to make up for it. But um, I don't know. I think it. it it, it sucks a little bit because you would have liked to see it in another country because that's typically what happens. It's kind of like having the Olympics back-to-back years in like Brazil or something when other countries are really like, oh man, like I wish we were hosting this because it is like, it's an event. It's like, um, it, it is really a different experience because you're seeing all these, the world, the world championship for League of Legends, literally teams from all over the world are showing up. You get to meet the players. It, it's um yeah it's a, I mean, it's, a cool it's, it's definitely a bummer for the yeah. inter- international fans um i don't know how people are gonna feel traveling to china nowadays uh, i don't know do you think that'll be a problem is that is that an issue um from what they've said it seems like they're really on top of it the like right now all the the teams they're competing from their actual like gaming houses so they don't actually go to um like the facility where they normally would they have their gaming houses or they have like team facilities where they're set up um but i'm sure a lot of players are concerned because you're you're traveling to china they're gonna have to be flying over there within a few months so um but um they, they've been pretty on top of it uh complying with everything but i'm sure there's always going to be that fear okay all right so is there anything else you guys want to end the podcast with? Any other topics you guys want to speak speak on? Um, no, I think that I think we pretty much covered everything this week. Yeah, again, uh, anybody that's listening, if you want to participate in uh, the interview, the Ignite series, uh, just reach out. We'll we'll set that up. Um, any anybody that wants to just do like an article, like if you want, if you have like artwork that you did or a song that you did you want to be featured just email us too and we'll we'll get you posted cosplayers if you guys want to be featured in ralph's tbd podcast offshoot go ahead and give him a shout out he's accepting any applications right now right yeah 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 so yeah i think that that about wraps it up thank you guys for for listening to us we'll catch y'all next week all right peace, peace. y'all